summer. Remember that? Yearbooks? I do. I do remember TBT. yearbooks. Wow. <laughs> Speaking of TBT, I, I realized, Danny, as we're now getting older, as you may know, I recently turned 30, mm-hmm. gay death, and um, you are yes. not 30. <laughs> I don't even laugh at that anymore. I know. I'm not. But when you did turn 30, I thought about this recently, I started thinking that I was like, I'm only two and a half years younger than you. My clock is ticking. Uh, yep. Why haven't you had sorry, four you. babies yet? No. So I um I realized the questions my mom wants to ask. Oh, our mom. Ooh, our <laughs> mom. Um, she hasn't asked me yet, and I've been trying to get pregnant for ages. Okay. <laughs> um. So we have a little bit of like pop culture clout with the Gen Z kids because um, picture mm. it. The year is 1997, I think. It might be 98. I didn't Google before this. And you and I are watching the Kids Choice Awards, the channel Nickelodeon. And what do they say? I don't even remember anything about the Kids' Choice Awards. I don't remember the blimp. I don't remember who won the blimp. But I do remember um, that they told us to stay tuned after the Kids' Choice Awards to watch the very first episode of a brand new cartoon. And you and I decided that we were going to watch that brand new cartoon. And we watched together the very first episode live of SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, yeah. Isn't that fucking cool? Just in hindsight, because that show's still on and culturally relevant. In oh, a weird way. that we watched like it, it, the original airing of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then our dad was like, this is going to melt your brain. <laughs> and like when we watched it. He was correct. Good morning. <laughs> yeah, good did. afternoon. Good evening. And good night. No matter when you're listening, welcome to The Poptimist or Poptimist. I know it is supposed to be no the, but it just rolls off the tongue, you know? Poptimist. You do the intro. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> a pop culture breakdown show focused on optimism. I'm Billy. I'm I'm one of your hosts. Over there is my sister and co-host. Who's that? I'm Dagny. Hey, Dagny. What's up? I cut the shit out of my finger. <laughs> what? <laughs> when did you? I did. I'm making dinner just pre, like 30 minutes prior to this. I have a ceramic knife. It's the third time in two months that I've cut my finger with this knife. I need to stop using it. That's impressive. Uh, That's a lot of time. Or maybe stop cooking. That's <laughs> all. I'm also just not good. But I cut. It's like you can't see, but it's this entire length up to my fingernail. And it hurt a lot. I mean, you just That's described a bell pepper a bell. and it slipped. Yeah. I say so that, that two days ago, I was reheating bacon grease in the oven in order to yeah. pour it onto my dog's food. Not for me. I don't just slurp <laughs> hot bacon grease, but thank you. But I put it because it's like a nice little appetizer. Um, well, with Momo, we started giving her like fancy food like the day we brought her home. And now when I give her dry food with nothing, she just goes, the fuck is this? Like, it's our fault. <laughs> But um, I was. Have you seen the TikToks I, where you like pretend to prepare something fancy and then it's just the dry food? Like you go through all these like acts of like pretending to stir it and pour stuff on it, and then you set it down, and they like think that it's a treat because you went that through all might these work. fake little. That you should might try actually it and see work. If she'll fall for it. Well, yeah, long story like short, when I was grabbing the bacon grease out of the oven, I sh- touched the the rack above it with my hand. So here's my little burn for you to see. And oh, not I'm the burned audience. on the other finger. I burned what the fuck? Myself. We are related. <laughs> That's insane. Oh, uh, we'll never be good housewives. Uh, um, speaking of housewives, that's not what I'm going to talk about. But I was going to say, that's usually my topic. I think I'm going to talk about my... Okay, so I, I think you can shit on me for this because okay. I think it is my housewives, um, unfortunately. It may end after this season. But you know how you talk about housewives, I roll my eyes and I'm like, oh my God, again. And then usually it's very interesting, um, but I still <laughs> won't watch it. <laughs> Especially that documentary we talked about. That's something you can bring the up The Housewives later. and but the Hustler. Check it out. Housewives and the Hustler on Hulu. Sounds very interesting. Still haven't watched it. But my thing is, you know, last season, la- no, 
a couple, probably halfway through this show, our show, yes. this podcast. Are you okay? <laughs> trying to do a timeline. I was like, I'm watching this show with my new roommate to bond. The, um, and it's purely <laughs> The Bachelor. So we watched the first season of The Bachelor together. Um, and he was boring. Matt James, I'm so sorry if you're listening. Now he just makes TikToks where he talks about how he makes charcuterie boards and thinks he's original by saying the word charcuterie. He's not. He's boring. But <laughs> let me turn you on to something called The Bachelorette, Billy, because it is superior television to The Bachelor. <laughs> I went into this. I was like, okay, The Bachelor is definitely going to be better because it's all of these women. They're all going to be petty and like backstabbing, yada, 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 which they were. But like these men, Billy, but one, Katie's great. She's a really good bachelorette. But these men, they treat this like it's a competition of all competitions. Like it's a sporting event to win this woman's heart. So much so that the group date this week was like rugby crossed with basketball and they were tackling each other uh, to the point that one was injured and they had to like end the group date. But it's like they are competing their hearts out to win this girl's love. And it's so wild. They unionized to get one guy kicked out of the house that was there for the wrong reasons. Um, what was the so wrong he reasons? To be the next bachelor. Oh, he, he came didn't... on to build his brand and be the next bachelor. He didn't care about love. How um, dare he? You know, because nobody else goes on that show to build their brand and get followers. It's only that one guy. Goddamn Carl. They got him kicked out. Oh, well, with a name um, like Carl. Carl. And then Thomas the next week he also was like, I kind of am here just, but I fell in love with Katie, but I planned on coming here to be The Bachelor. And they're like, you're out of here too. Anyway, I don't know if I'll ever watch another season of The Bachelor because The Bachelorette is just next level television. It's so good. And it shouldn't be. It's also like it's trash. <laughs> I am aware of that. Yeah. But it's so, so entertaining. That's I mean, like I, yeah. Hey, I can't judge trash. I, Ugh. I, I watched every single Real Housewife this past year, except for the Real Housewives of Orange County, because actually I am a little classy because I wouldn't watch Kelly Dodd on the Real Housewives of Orange County. And that makes me a better person. <laughs> and you know what happened, Dagny? She got fired and she won't be back next season. So I can now watch the Real Housewives of Orange County. Congratulations. And they're bringing Heather Thompson back. To back. all 87 housewives. I mean, you say that. They, they launched the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and it fucking ruled. I do have I do yeah. I do have to tell you about my thing this week, which I thought I was going to hold off yeah, on it, can. but I can't I can't wait. So, um, uh, friend of the pod, Julian Michael, who was back on like episode twelve or whatever, he ta- he talked about Satanism. It's a very fun, weird episode. After mm-hmm. that episode, he was like, he was like, yeah, it was Satanism or Showgirls, but I thought it'd be fun to talk about Satanism, and I was like, oh, I've never seen Showgirls, and he has internalized that ever since. <laughs> and so, a couple days ago. Julian and his husband invited the boyfriend and me over to his place for showgirls and a drinking game. And uh, first of all, great decision on his part. If you're listening, Julian, thank you. Second of all, um, (laughs) I thought I knew what to expect, but I am a changed man. And showgirls is now one of my favorite films. I can't wait to rewatch it. I need to do. I still. Need to I want to it. do a two-hour episode of Poptimist about Showgirls, but just to like briefly <laughs> run it down, just just because I know one day it'll be talked about. Because it was also it was um um shockingly bad. Like asked like, <laughs> but in a in a way <laughs> in a way you know when there's like a bad movie and you're like bored with it, or there's like a bad movie like The Room 
where you're like, okay, whatever yeah. bad decision they make. It's ma- captivating, yes, but it's terrible. You want to watch every yeah. second of it because it's like, who made yeah. this choice? Okay, what's going to happen next? And that's what Showgirls was. But I think what shocked me most about it is I spent years just hearing, oh, it's a bad movie. Oh, it's a Versace. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not prepared for the big budgetness of it. The, oh, the really? fact that you can tell that while they were filming it, there was a studio with money that thought this was going to be like Oscar bait. Um, there were actors. Oscar? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. There's there's performances in this movie where like people were like, this is going to make my career. I'm going to get an Oscar nomination for this because the director was coming off of a lot of successes. Oh. Not even not I mean, maybe an Oscar is the wrong word, but like definitely was like this will lead to bigger and better things. Where uh, okay. instead it like ruined the career of like three quarters of the cast. Um, um, I also didn't realize that it's the only movie in American cinematic history where the studio was like, no, you can make an NC-17 film. Like that was the plan from the beginning. It wasn't like NC-17 on accident. It's actually rated. Yeah, it's NC-17. And that was like the plan was like, you're going to make an NC-17 film. Huh. Um, lots of boobs. A bunch yeah. of vaginas, not a single penis. Oh. So honestly, a little bit of a failure um, on that end. <laughs> that um, was their yeah, hold on. Now that I'm thinking about it, not a single penis. What a missed opportunity. They could have done it. They could have done fully erect. I'm sorry if everyone was not expecting this this episode, but here we go. Um, well. Um, but it's, it's and it's also, it's not quite in the realm of like, no, it was satire on purpose. Because there's a couple things, we'll talk about it one day, and really, really in a lot of detail. But uh, um, yeah. Yeah. I... I loved it in a way I did not I'm like glad. I'm still thinking about it I want to watch the documentaries about how it got made I want to like read <laughs> uh I want to give Elizabeth Berkeley a free hole. coffee um she's just great but yeah uh wow showgirls what a I'll check it out I mean I'd like to watch it with you and I'll I mean it's 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 <sighs> It's changed my life, Dagny. It's changed my life. Okay. Um, okay. Gina, Ger- Gina Gershon turns in a performance that uh, uh, can only be described as she's the only one who read the script and knew what kind of movie she was in. So she's brilliant. <laughs> um, Elizabeth Berkeley is unhinged in a way that I never want to stop watching. She's so compelling. Um, Kyle MacLachlan plays a smarmy douchebag foreshadowing his future roles oh. on Twin Peaks season three. He's a, a, a and then, um, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, I literally, I'm going to say it. It's great. Showgirls is great and everyone should see it. <laughs> Even with all of the gratuitous sex and uh, full on vaginas, which I wasn't, well, I mean, I should have expected, but there they were. Wow. Um, One, sorry, really quick. One just bachelorette. Thing. <laughs> I love, um, why? Because I was talking about full frontal female nudity. <laughs> uh, Obviously that was the smooth transition. No, just, be, just to like, give you some of the nonsense of this men other than them being competitive but there's like a testimonial of one of them being like thomas needs to be out he's out for the or he's here for the wrong reasons we got to get him out as soon as he comes in the room i'm gonna say something and then you know how men don't talk about their feelings straight men specifically don't really talk about their feelings <laughs> men um yeah <laughs> just just men in general no don't stereotypically don't talk about their feelings so he's all heated in this testimonial by himself about how mad he is and then thomas walks in the room and everybody is silent and then one of the men goes boop, <laughs> just to break the silence it's so awkward and it's just like i, th- I can't even remember exactly it's like it's like boop 
<laughs> it's just so stupid. Anyway, obsessed. that just happened on a recent episode. And uh, yeah, these women, whenever the women were in The Bachelor, they just yell at each other. And yeah. these men just talk shit behind each other's backs and don't confront it. Uh, they just put it on Katie, who's the bachelorette, and then she's like, I guess I have to kick them out because they're bad, but they're not talking. Anyway, anyway, Billy, you should watch The Bachelorette. I mean, that was that was the most compelling argument so far. That's hilarious. It's like that, yep. it's like that old Tumblr post that's like, <laughs> I have an idea for a reality show, and it's called uh, Get Odd Man Out, and it's 20 men in a mansion, and you tell them that one of them is gay, and they have to figure out who it is, and they vote someone <laughs> off each week. But the joke of the show is no one's gay. Um, <laughs> and I think that's amazing. And then someone took it further and they say, that's they say, good. no, no, you get up, you get 20 transphobic women and tell them that someone in the house is transgender and then just have them be awful to each other as they try, as they're all just cisgendered bigots trying to figure who the transgender one is. Oh my God. I'd watch both of those shows. Man, a Billy, we need to get into reality TV, but before we do that, Shall we introduce our guest? <laughs> He's got a very expressive face, and I would love to bring him on the show. <laughs> Beedy boop. Yes, our guest today <laughs> is hilarious. I'm so glad he's here. He's a stand-up comedian and one of the first openly gay comedians I actually saw in Los Angeles. We discovered this not too long ago. Um, um, I saw him. Ooh. I saw him perform when I was a little baby comic, and was like, "Wow, he's so funny!" Please welcome to Poptimist. <laughs> it's Joseph Schles, everybody. Hello, hello. Hi. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> How are you doing? All right. There are fireworks. Give me a second. I'll be right oh, back. I was, like, I was like, man, what an entrance. Joseph, you got, yeah, you really, okay. Wally introduced you. <laughs> For our listeners, we're recording this the day, two days after the 4th of July. Billy lives in Koreatown. And there's lots of fireworks. <laughs> Those fireworks, Aww. man, they, they never stop. Wally's also just a very barky dog. I mm. love him, but he is a very barky dog. Uh, yeah. And he loves to tell you if there's a UPS truck outside or anything. <laughs> and his bark, as you and everybody listening heard, okay. is very uh, abrupt, uh, explosive. It's a very he's, he's explosive bark. Protect, you know? <laughs> Honestly, he's just protecting the people. I might. I'm, I, there's a part of me that wants to edit that out. And there's a part of me that just wants to be like, that's your introduction. Welcome to the show. Is my dog so excited? <laughs> yeah, Welcome. Oh, well, he was so excited he... <laughs> Yeah, cool. <laughs> exactly. Starting off with a bang. Yeah. Um, how are you doing, Joseph, now that Wally has cleared the room? Oh, good. I'm good. You know, uh, I don't know. Fine, I guess. Oh, there was so much I wanted to yeah. talk about. Billy, did you know there was a show where it was like the gay bachelor, but half of the guys were straight and half of them were gay? And if the gay bachelor chose the gay guy, they get to go on like a honeymoon or whatever. And if you chose the straight guy, the straight guy wins like a million bucks. That was a real show that happened. That's genius. That's, really? That sounds like so early 2000s like nonsense, but that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, sounds like, like an MTV show, but I yeah, love it. Yeah, I thought it was on Logo or something like that. It was super oh, yeah. problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> they all are, to a degree. Two, there was one gay guy and one straight guy who were like the final two. So it was like, oh, drama. But um, yeah. <laughs> I was just saying, I just, based off yeah. of your ideas, which I loved, that something like that kind of happened. I just, I just think what any show that involves straight men pretending to be gay on camera is going to be like incredibly offensive in a way I would watch. Yeah. 
Yeah, like, it would be entertaining and I would feel supporting. bad about watching and supporting it. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, well, you have to watch it, though. You have to watch it so that you can be angry. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. So I can angrily tweet about the show. I'm going to watch every second of it, of course, <laughs> and support it. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, no, the, the Bachelor and the Bachelorette has it's it's problematic in every episode. There's something that is like this is not good. This is a red flag, and you're like, I love Greg, um, but yeah, there's something something about shitty like uh, romance. Um, uh, what is it called? Trash TV that yeah. we we love. We love to see mm-hmm. it. Oh, did I watch all of Love at First Sight? Yes, I did. <laughs> did you watch that one? Did I watch All of Love is Blind? Yes, I did. I watched it. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Uh, it's, it's incredible. That show alone, that show, uh, that was like peak great, that great girl television. her full breakdown on TV. Uh, wow. Yeah. Anyway. Well, that's... Uh, Over a man that was, wasn't even that cute. It was all... Oh, man. She was... Yeah. I know. And she and that was other like, guy like, 10 years died. younger, and that was like worth shattering. Yeah. I know. And that guy who was bi and the girl who was kind of like, that's okay. And he's like, you're judging me. And she's like, I'm really not. <laughs> and he's like, Here. yeah, they're like sitting by the pool. And he's like, you're judging me. And she's like, no, no, we can, this is something I can live with. And he's like, no, no, you don't, but you don't like who I am. I, I we're done. And like storms away and throws flip flops in a pool. Incredible. Television. Lovely about it. And he Highly would. recommend. Anyways, <laughs> we digress. But yeah, so the we um, do digress. The boyfriend watches all of the um, the ninety day fiancés and all of its spinoffs, and that gives mm-hmm. me anxiety out. Like it just like I get so uncomfortable watching it. But I'll like I'll leave the room. I'll whenever he watches it though, I'm always like, give me an update because I don't want to watch because every episode is an hour yeah. and a half, <laughs> and it's like I don't have time to watch ninety minutes of people who might hate each other. So I get let him give me the highlights, and sometimes I catch the good shit when I just walk in. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. Yeah, 90 Day Fiancé, though. Or 90 Days the Other Way, or 90 Days Happily Ever After. Wow, all these fiancés. Oh, my God. <laughs> How many things happen in 90 days? So many fiancés. <laughs> A lot of things can happen in 90 days. Yeah, including your visa Wait, expiring. Really, I Sorry, this I, I found the sound I want to play for you. Oh, my God. Is this the beat of boop I'm going to call him out. And I'm done being kind. Morning, gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I just had to find it because I was like, I'm not doing it justice. (laughs) So good. That was really good. I'm so glad you found it. My AirPods also got disconnected. I need to connect back to you. Uh, Wow. What what smooth sailing this this session has been so far. It was all worth it. Disconnected headphones, my dog (laughs) losing his shit on. (laughs) Well, Joseph, welcome to Poptimist. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Um, And on this show, we like to have our guests bring in something from pop culture that they love that is either obscure or not Mm -hmm. loved by the audience at large or even just bad. And I would love to know, Joseph, what it is you have brought for us this week. Okay, so I honestly think I might have done the assignment wrong because the things that I was going to say are technically popular and probably well-liked. However, they are also kind of like nerdy things to like that I'm always embarrassed to tell people that I'm really into. Um, so I don't I know. If know. And I have a couple. And I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, this is going to take a lot of prefacing, but we'll get there. So the first, we'll get it. Yeah. The first one I was going to suggest, very popular, but also like, you're kind of a nerd if you like it, is Lord of the Rings, which 
I love and I watch every year. Um, mm-hmm. And then another one I wanted to talk about because you, Billy, mentioned something about this last night was the last Star Wars movies, which I loved and you say are so bad. <laughs> well, so, well, so I... Um, specifically the last Yeah, one. so we actually, we did a whole Star Wars episode because um, I... Oh, uh, I adore The Last Jedi. I think it's exceptional. And then I hate yeah. The Rise of Skywalker. I think it's the worst Star Wars film ever made. And oh, um, my friend Kevin, when he saw The Last Jedi, he hated it. And then through like years of of conversations and rewatching, he came around on it. Therapy. So he we edited a whole episode <laughs> where he talked about why he hated The Last Jedi and how he came around on it. Um so no, I do. Oh, right. I do actually. It was very I like long. The Force Awakens. I love The Last Jedi, and then Rise of Skywalker broke my heart. That's where I'm at on the new trilogy. Okay, well, you already talked. I have a whole rant about that. That's not really about the movie so much as about the way they wrote Finn's character. But um, <laughs> we'll take yep, that for yep. sure. Yeah, but then the last thing I was gonna say again, I think it might be popular, but I don't know. I feel like people maybe also hate it. Is Star Trek Discovery? Do you guys watch this <gasps> at all? Um, jo- yes. Joseph. I've only watched season one and two, but oh my Joseph, God. Seen, I, you're the only other person other than Billy that watches I've seen this every I, single episode. I love Star okay. Trek Discovery. Me too. Oh, it's so the good. Is because I posted about this, talking about like how great the show is, and the comments I got were immediately, uh, and also not surprisingly from straight white men that I know, immediately yeah. like, we're Star Trek. This is not Star Trek. I hate that show. The show's so bad. And I was like, am I crazy? Because this show is everything. Yeah. I I think we talk about Star Trek Discovery. I uh, Okay. <laughs> in my yeah, opinion, I would love to also educate the people so that everyone should get Paramount Plus now. It's not CBSL Access. Get Paramount Plus because of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars and also yeah. Star Trek yeah, Discovery. Yeah, so get, get Paramount Plus. Um, support... You yeah, support so friend things. of the pod Pandora Box on RuPaul's Drag Race All Star Six, and then watch oh, all Pandora of Box. yeah she uh, and then watch um watch all of the Star Trek. Okay, cool. Um, I would love to. So just so you know, I would love to before we leave okay. just touch on Lord of the Rings because I love the way you talked about it. But I would love to talk about disco. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. I thought you said he has a shirt that says it. No, I would. Okay. We, we, we haven't. I, but I own, oh, I own the, sh- you know, in season one where they're like working out on the ship and they have the shirts that just say disco. I have one. Uh-huh. She got it for me for my birthday. For I have Christmas. it. Oh. I have it. In- <laughs> yeah. For your birthday. Yeah. Um. So yeah, let's, let's so, jump in. I mean, yeah, let's talk about it. Well, first of all, I think the first thing that like made me love it from like episode one, but kind of throughout was it was, I just love that it is fully like led by women of color mm-hmm. across the board mm-hmm. and all of the uh like all of the like heavy hitter characters in the show are women yes you know yeah um and so i thought that was so great because i like everything that is female led um Hell yeah. and uh yeah i just felt like it was really diverse i love that there's queer representation by actual real life queer people <laughs> isn't it you know so I mean? nice who knew you could do it? it James Corden, nowhere nearby. Exactly. <laughs> you don't have side note, side note about James Corden. My favorite thing to tell people, he is a monster in real life. So rude, so mean. That does Aww. not surprise me in the slightest. Yeah. Oh, but he's on, he's on two episodes of he Doctor comes Who. He's charming. Yeah, and he's delightful on that. And I bet, I, I feel like fame hadn't gotten to him then. And I stand by the fact or the the thought that he was a delightful person to work with on Doctor Who because those episodes are so charming. And then I feel like late night show fame got to him and now he thinks he's 
too big for his britches. I mean, it might be the case. I'm sure. I mean, you know, he does come off as charming, which is also why I love telling yeah. people that he's really rude and mean. I, you're, so you're not the first person to tell me that. He's got yeah, Ellen every syndrome. time I mention it, there's always like three people who are like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." So. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! Yeah, so I I remember um, so, so yeah. just uh, when when Star Trek Discovery Star Trek. was announced, it was a big deal because we hadn't had a live action Star Trek show since 2005 with Enterprise. Um, mm-hmm. um, and and when it was announced, I realized that I knew a lot about Star Trek, the original series. I hadn't seen a lot, but I had when I was like a kid. I'd seen like a lot of Kirk and Spock and like the high the the, mm-hmm. the really famous episodes of that show I had seen. Um, but I I was like, wow, I don't know a lot about the rest of Star Trek. So I found uh, a, it was definitely mm-hmm. a Tumblr page that was called Skippable. And they take um, franchises, big TV shows, and they're like, here's the great episodes. So instead of watching 176 Mm -hmm. episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation, (laughs) I watched, I think, like 95, which is still a lot. And so I I hit, which was like only like three in season one and like five in season two. They're like, you can just get to season three as fast as you can. So I plowed plowed through Next Generation and I loved it. And then I did the same thing. I never finished it. I'm still somewhere in the middle of Deep Space Nine and Voyager. Um, but I just wanted, I wanted like a little more frame of reference before I, before Discovery started. And then when Discovery started, I watched every single episode and I haven't missed an episode since I've been, I mean, I'm caught up. Um, the boyfriend and I watch it together. He never watched a single Star Trek show and now it's like his thing. Yeah. Um, I used to watch a Star Trek with my dad, Mm -hmm. uh, when I was a kid. So like watching Next Generation and I would watch it with him and I liked it. I don't. I wasn't keeping up as much because I was. But we also watched Deep Space Nine. We also watched Voyager. So I. But you know, this was like back in the day. So it's like you catch what you catch, and then <laughs> if you miss it, you'll just never know. <laughs> exactly correct. Um, which, by the way, I always think is like a Jewish dad thing because everybody I know who is Jewish or has a Jewish dad is like, oh yeah, my dad loves Star Trek. I'm like, is this a Jewish thing? Um, but anyway, just <laughs> listeners of the pod, if you have that, do you love Star Trek too? <laughs> I mean, it might just Maybe be a, a, a dad Let thing. Let us know. That's, That's all. true. Did our dad no, watch No, our Trek? dad didn't, but the McKellar's family friends, they're, um, uh, they did. Yes. And that's what was, was and, and our parents would watch Star Trek very casually. They knew about Star Trek because yeah. they all watched the original series when it they was, were Star well, Wars people. mom watched Star, right. Star Trek, the original series with her dad. And she still talks about, they went yeah. and saw the motion picture together okay. in theaters when it premiered because they'd watched the show together. Um, um, but I don't think we weren't huge Star Trek people because I think we were a little too young for it when the next generation was on. So they didn't like have it on at home. Yeah, I'm a little bit older than Gay dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, <laughs> but, uh, 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 but rewatching uh, the next generation, um, it's, it's amazing how many iconic sci-fi tropes they invented. Like, like things that are, oh, I mean, yeah. I, especially in like the first two seasons of Rick and Morty, like every episode is a parody of an existing Star Trek episode somewhere. <laughs> like they're just doing it. Yeah. Totally. And I mean, I know Star, and like, that's like kind of like Star Trek's thing is like, they're always kind of at the forefront of diversity, yes. right? Like they had the first interracial kiss on TV and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Deep Space Nine, I might be mixing up Deep Space Nine and Voyager, but I think Deep Space Nine had the uh, black captain, and then Voyager had the woman Janeway, the uh, You're correct, woman yeah. captain. So it's like they are really good with diversity, which is awesome. But then the other thing, the other selling point I wanted to say about um, uh, 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 Discovery is 
Mm-hmm. When uh, Spock comes in, I think it's Ethan Peck who plays him. I think yes, his name. that sounds correct. He is so hot. He's so hot, I can't even believe it. <laughs> and and the whoever, like the director or the costume people, knew what they were doing because they put him in this spacesuit in several episodes, and they make sure that he is walking away from the camera plenty of times. And You're for so no, correct. if for no other reason, <laughs> Discovery for that thick. Ass is what I'm trying to tell you. Well, let's <laughs> so let me, let's. Can we focus? Can we? Can I just we, love that you were just um, like. Can we focus not uh, on men's butts? All right, gays on the show. No, no. no. Can we <laughs> shift the focus away from that? Uh, no, I was gonna say because I have in in its entirety watched all of season one. Can I? I know now. There's like more I would, characters yes. that I don't know. Tignataro has shown up, but if we can focus just on season well, one, yeah, let's let's because okay. I do want to. Like, I want to before we end today. I do want to talk about season three because what they did was genius. But we will get there. Okay. Oh yeah, yes. I think you've told um, me. And, yes, and just a heads up, there. This um, is going to have. I, you know what? We'll talk about season one first, so I don't have to worry about spoilers. But we're gonna have a little bit. Nothing major, just like direction of the show. But yeah. so basically, yeah. so we'll for being. anyone who knows, I didn't yes, I, go ahead. Really quick. That, Wait. That <laughs> oh yeah, Spock is in season two. Sorry, everyone. Um, Sorry. You know my uh, my segment from that studio that I used to work at and give tours at? My segment of um, knowledge that you didn't need that I will never be able to tell anyone because I won't give sure. tours there anymore. Um, <laughs> so if I want to just give you some nonsense Star Trek knowledge because I worked at Paramount. I gave tours there. Shout out. Um, they, uh, Star Trek started at the Paramount lot, Lucille Ball, greenlit it, yada, 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 lots of backstory. That's not important. My favorite fun fact though, that I would tell people whenever I got Trekkies on my tour, we have a whole alleyway there dedicated to Star Trek, all sorts of props. Real quick, the captain's chair is in the prop room. You can like see Kirk's captain chair, which is fucking cool. Yes. That is and cool. And it's not sturdy, so people used to be able to sit into it, in it, and then they replaced it with the gladiator throne because that's far more sturdy. But you can look up on the like balcony, and it's it's sitting up there. Um, but they're the like showrunners used to, or like the the set decorators, I should say, had a code which was I think GNDN, and people would talk about like set designs, and they're like, oh, that's a GNDN, and just yada yada. That's how they would explain this. And finally, the story that we would tell, um, someone asked one of the set decks what GNDN means, and they said, oh, goes nowhere, does nothing. And most <laughs> of the stuff on the on the set, especially the original Star Treks, were GNDNs because they go nowhere, they do nothing. Beautiful. And it's just uh, random buttons and pipes, and yeah, that's my that. one silly Star Trek fact. Oh, like, I love I that. It's very, it's very Disneyland line ride like you know what I mean? yes. yes well no so when <laughs> when i was when i was watching all the 90s star yeah. treks the boyfriend would come in and they'd be like on the bridge and he'd look at it for a second he'd go it's stickers it's all stickers <laughs> just about the buttons of the- <laughs> it's like it's like the pipes on the walls are just like pvc pipes stuck yes. like there's nothing Goes nowhere they do nothing. nothing they're just so they're, purely space. So let's suspend some disbelief buddy <laughs> <laughs> we're not in space so, so for everyone listening um, yeah it's star discovery. trek discovery in the timeline of star trek takes place 10 years mm-hmm. before kirk and spock go on their adventures in that show and um you, the star trek discovery the starship discovery is a science vessel and the plot of season one basically in kirk's show 
they're trying to negotiate with the Klingons because there was a war. The humans went to war or the Federation went to war with the Klingons and it was horrible. And the first season of Discovery is about that war and what the ship, the Discovery is doing Mm -hmm. during that war. And it's darker than most Star Treks have ever been. It was more violent. Mm -hmm. Um, It had... It had maybe yeah. my favorite captain. I know that might be controversial, but um, uh, Draco Malfoy's dad is Captain Lorca is like everything I've ever wanted. <laughs> yeah. He was, Jason Isaacs was the selling point for me watching the first season of Star Trek Discovery because I love him so, 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 so much. Um, and I don't, that by no means do I want to spoil anything involving him because I just want that to be a treat for anybody yeah. who listens to this. But I will say, Star Trek Discovery season one had one of the best twists I've ever seen in television. <laughs> I I did not see it coming. Billy, I remember watching it with you and the boyfriend and even the boyfriend was like, oh, and I, nothing gets him. It's like <laughs> he he will say that he like sees a twist coming from a mile away. But I remember it got him too. And I was like, this show, it's good. That yeah, it's good. Like, I am yeah. the opposite. I remember I, I was like- a twist coming. I never see. It. I'm just like I did not see. I'm always along for. <laughs> and then when there's a twist, I'm like, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and not to so 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 the way we can talk about this without spoiling is basically to say, um, the main character of Star Trek Discovery is um, First Lieutenant Michael Burnham, played by the incredible Sonika Martin Green, and. Yes. Usually on Star Trek, the main character is the captain, but by making it the first in command or basically the second in command, what they're able to do is, is they've had a different captain for each season and there's different reasons for the captain to leave. Um, and no spoil. I'm not going to say why anyone leaves or why they get a new captain, but yeah. they, it's like every season she has been there. And then we've had a new captain she's that she's mm-hmm. she's second in command to. And that's been really cool because you get to explore her as a character without her being a captain. Um, yeah, that's so cool too. And that is something I don't think I even clocked at first about right? like, what was different yeah. about this season. But then I was like, oh, wait a minute. You know, this is so cool that it's not following. I mean, it follows the captain, but not like primarily, you know? Yeah, yes. it's mostly Michael's story. Exactly. It's so good. It's Michael's story, yeah. but but uh, season it's one good. is definitely Michael's good, story, man. which is, I think, why I like season one so much because it is very dark. Um, she's mm-hmm. she's court martialed in episode three. Like, just we're going grimly. Here we go. Um, um, it's very dark. It kind of looks at the Federation as something that's more fallible, which is nice. Um, yeah. and uh, 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 what else was I gonna say? Oh, and it 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 it, go, it takes a, 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 some risks that Star Trek um hadn't taken in years. A Next Generation took a bunch of risks in its later seasons. But Discovery mm-hmm. takes risks right out the gate. And I really like that. But it eventually yeah. does become an ensemble show like the Star Treks we know and love. I, especially this upcoming season four. It's about the crew. And mm. I'm so pumped. Yeah. And the cast is so great across the board. Like, Tilly is so fun. She's um, so good. She's so cute. <laughs> she's and, so sweet. Well, I don't want to spoil other people. I mean, can well, I say the name of an actor who comes in a later season? Yes, please. No, yeah, spoiler, yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as we're not With, sitting here and like going like into aggressive plot points, spoil right. away. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's yeah. really not a, it's not a plot spoiler at all, but Tignataro joins the cast mm-hmm. and yes. is hilarious. I love her character. There's so many like, and then um, again, this isn't a plot spoiler, but you know, we meet a non-binary uh, main cast member. Mm-hmm. So it's like so awesome. 
Well, um, that's, that's what's, ask, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask you, like, what is it that you think, like, people are so anti-discovery? From what I'm hearing people say, they're like, this is, it's more of a Star Wars than a Star Trek, and I no. want to slap them. That's incorrect. <laughs> um, honestly, yeah. here's what I think it is, and this is terrible. Um, Star Trek has always been about social progress. The original mm. Star Trek happened during the Cold War, um, and there was, uh, and shortly, only, what, 20 years after World War II, and we had a Japanese pilot and a mm. Russian navigator. We had a black woman yeah. on, on the comms, um, a black mm. woman who got to be a romantic lead, and then the second in command is not human. And that was very intentional. It was a critique on it. It was a critique on American society and what they thought the future could be. And that's what Star mm-hmm. Trek has yeah. always done. And because we have advanced, so has Star Trek. So we've got Discovery, where the main character is a black woman. Um, in the first episode, her captain is a Chinese actress who um, is so good. She, I will, watch, so I will watch her do anything. She's gonna be in a Marvel yes. film. No, she's gonna be in a Star. She's in Star. I can't remember what she's in. She's coming up in something. But I'm like, I'll watch her do anything. Yeah, she, um, she actually had a cameo in a Marvel film. She has a little cameo in right. uh, one of the, uh, one of the uh, oh uh, Guardians of the Galaxies. I'm obsessed she's with so her. Good. Um, yeah, but then nice. we also, so we also have. Uh, uh, this is also what got me into Discovery Heart. I was already interested, but we have a gay man as the ship's chief scientist and his husband mm-hmm. is the chief medical officer. So we have oh, a yeah. happily married gay couple where their relationship is not part of the conflict, which we don't see on television very often, especially in sci-fi action. And, and it's and also sweet baby Anthony Rapp. Sweet baby Anthony Rapp. Wonderful rent boy. We love him. Um, Wilson Cruz, my first gay crush. Will your first? Ooh, oh, yes. what a, I love Wilson. They're a very Cruz. cute couple. I love them. Back back in the day, he was on My So Called Life when yep. I was like young to oh. watch it, but I would still like kind of watch it. And he played like a gay character. And oh, I thought he was so cute. He's so and good. Has, oh, also, I didn't know. Yeah, of like what I'm attracted to is probably because of him. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Wilson Cruz was the second angel on Broadway on Rent. He like replaced oh, the original no. angel. So him and Anthony Rapp were actually mm-hmm. in Rent together briefly. Oh, yeah. I knew that crazy. he played an angel, but I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so I, I think honestly, this Star Trek discovery is embracing Star Trek's history of, of commenting on society, specifically American society, being racially diverse mm-hmm. and now being uh, uh, sexual, I don't know, sexually diverse. Is that what we're saying? Because going yeah. into season four, we have our gay couple still on the crew and we're adding mm-hmm. to the cast in season three. And now they're back for season four, a non-binary crew member and a transgender actor playing an, a, a trill like mm-hmm. back in deep space nine. Um, and Hell so yeah. we have four queer actors playing four queer characters on a show that's not a quote unquote queer show. And um, um, yeah. that's, I think, revolutionary. And I'm so and proud Grace of that. And Grace Navarro is in it too. Although her Sorry. character isn't yeah. like explicitly she's, queer, but she's a good yeah, person. It, it's Tig. Yes, they are. Five. Five. Because Tig Nataro, she's now on the ship. She works in engineering, which is great to see Tig Nataro mm-hmm. in a Star Trek uniform being like, no, you can't take the pylons and do that. And like, she's got a wrench and like fixing the ship and she's always <laughs> mad. Funny. I'm excited for um, you to get there if you keep watching it because she's yeah. really hilarious. <laughs> oh, I, I just I just haven't had the yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, where does the time now go? I, what I am planning. I watched half of season two and then 
I think I moved yes. and I just didn't well, get back into it, which was my fault. I want to, I want to, um, but ask, apparently Billy kind of told yeah. me that there's a little bit of a lull at the beginning of season two and then the end is great. And then season three mm. is fantastic. Well, if yeah. I want to ask Joseph's um, opinion on this, in my opinion, oh, okay. so ahead. far, their weakest season was season two um, from a, okay. from a narrative standpoint, but I want to, I'll talk about it in a second. Tell me. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm going to need a little help because I have a tendency to just kind of like binge things straight through. So I have a hard time yep. differentiating what season is what. You know so, what I mean? Okay. So season so, one is Captain Lorca, Jason Isaacs, and the Klingon. Right. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Season two, we get the Enterprise has a little cameo. We get to see the Enterprise before yeah, Kirk is captain. We get to see Captain Pike I remember for all you Trekkies out there. Which and, um, and we meet number one played by Mystique. What's her name? Um, the original mystique in the X-Men movie. Oh, Rebecca Romaine. Yes, yes, yes. Rebecca Romaine as number one. Um, because so, so, oh gosh, we're going to get into some nerdy Trek, Trek territory okay. here. I like you, that. You've unleashed full Billy yes. Star okay. Trek nerd. Okay. So, <laughs> it, can, it can go forever. Is, so I will stop it when it needs to be stopped. There is an unaired yeah. pilot for the original Star Trek with um, Spock <laughs> is there, but everyone else is different. Um, it's Captain Pike. And number one is mm-hmm. a woman played by uh, uh, Gene Roddenberry's wife. And okay. basically that show didn't work. The studio was like, fire everyone. They were like, can we keep Leonard Nimoy? And they were like, okay, sure. And then they recast everyone. They got Kirk, they got Spock, they did the whole thing. So what Discovery does is basically go, that's the crew on the Enterprise before Kirk was captain. So then they they have Captain yeah. Pike and they cast Rebecca Romaine as number one. And then they have Ethan yeah. Peck as Spock. And yes. so, but yeah. season two, uh, and I'm, I'm, don't have my easily Googleable device to look up the actress who plays um, Michael Burnham's mom, but she's from The Wire. She's oh, incredible. Yeah. I know who she is. I'm so sorry. I everyone. don't know who she is. This is the I'll first thing I've up. seen her in, but she oh. is wonderful and lovely. She's yeah. She's on The Wire. She's in, she's the the female cop on The Wire. She's exceptional. You've seen her in everything. She's great. But so basically, what I felt is that season two starts to get bogged down in. This takes place nine years before the original series. We can't do anything too crazy because we can't affect the timeline or the plot of that show. And so, mm. and then the other thing that season two does is all of a sudden they make Michael Burnham kind of infallible. They're like, wow, because of what she did in season one, she's the best. Everyone likes her. Everyone thinks she's going to make the right choices all the time. She has no flaws. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but season one was all about her flaws. It's why we liked her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But then they do something brilliant. And this isn't a spoiler because it's in every single trailer. I'm so sorry. But what they do... <laughs> is the problem at the end of season two can only be solved by jumping 930 years into the future. And the crew Mm -hmm. of the Discovery, as a unit, make this decision. We're going to do this, otherwise everyone else dies, and we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. So they jump 930 years into the future, and it is unlike other sci-fi shows where they're like, and they fix it, and they go back, and everything. They don't fix it. They cannot fix it. So from season three on... The show takes place 920 years after Kirk in like the year 3000. And it opened them up to so many different opportunities narratively that even though I felt season two kind of dipped in quality after how good season one was, season season three knocked it out of the park. It was so fucking good. And so exciting. Joseph. Yes. Okay, good. Joseph's on the I agree that it was so good, but I'm going to say, unlike you, I did not have like negative vibes on season two. I was just like, I like it all. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
I was on of, of I was board of, for the whole ride yeah. on season two. Yeah. And I also like yeah. three, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah. From what I watched of season two, I liked it. Yeah. I I, I didn't yeah. feel that kind of, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I think in general, perhaps I just don't watch things quite as critically as you do. Meaning like, as in like, <laughs> not critically like criticizing, but critically like, understanding what's going on in a deep way. I'm just kind of like, ooh, <laughs> guns and space. That's fair. Yeah. Final Frontier. That's fair. Well, it's, it. it's also, um, I'm not crazy critical, but the boyfriend is. And he never had any interest in Star Trek. And then he really liked mm-hmm. Discovery season one. And I think because yeah. Discovery season two wasn't what he was expecting. And I watched it with him. I, I saw all of his critiques and I thought he had a valid point. Um, and he was yeah. like, he was like, er, and you then watched it with me. We would have loved it. I do right. think I do think they were writing themselves into a little bit of a a, a continuity corner, and they solved it mm-hmm. brilliantly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just I, like like Michael Burnham always does. Yeah, I mean, all the trailers for season four are right now, and I'm I'm super hyped for it. And they all take place in that yeah. time period. They're still that's where the show is now, and I'm oh, that's so good. Awesome. But the other before I want to jump back into so the much. oh go ahead. I think it too. That's right. I was just saying that I'm glad you like it too because I was. I honestly thought everybody would just be like, yeah, the show is awesome. But I was really surprised by the amount of push- pushback my Facebook post saying, everybody should watch this awesome show. I was like, oh my God, people don't like this? It's, I mean, <laughs> and I think, I think it's that. I think it's because the show is so queer and um, yeah. um, also a little bit black and very, very, very female. Um, that mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who were like, well, yeah, but Star Trek was that, but it can't be woke because they're, they're looking at it in this like 2020 framework where like, oh, the social justice warriors are coming in and ruining Star Trek without being aware that what Discovery is, is carrying the torch of what Star Trek has always been. Yeah. And I don't want to call also- all the people who commented on your Facebook post bigots, but I am doing that a little bit. No, please do. Um, But the other thing I was going to say is, even aside from all of those things, I feel like it's just a really fun and great show. Like, I feel like all of those things are there and it's true, but it's like nothing to do with just like the fun story, the uh, great characters and the like awesome special effects. I'm like, this is... The budget's insane. It's insane. Um, The budget's insane. The uh the comedy is there, which I didn't expect. As we talked mm. about, Tilly is is maybe the best funny. character they've written. She's so brilliant. Yeah. Um, I really liked. I think it's season one because, as we know, if you're if you know Star Trek, in the Next Generation, they're always like, "Oh, and after hours, and we've been working all of the space week. Let's go un- unwind with a, <laughs> a a cello recital and a poetry reading." And you're like, "Okay, Jesus Christ." <laughs> And uh, uh, Discovery finally was like, they sh- they actually had a mm-hmm. scene in season one where everyone who was off okay. was having a party and it was like, they dimmed the lights. They had like the, the, 21st, the 23rd century. Like yeah, but they weren't red solo clubs. They were like see-through and they glowed. Yeah. It was like the 23rd century equivalent. And like Tilly was blackout yeah. drunk. And it was like, I was so like, okay, good. this feels like what a crew on a ship would be like if they got to like chillax um, and yeah. fuck each yeah. other, which they also do, which is great. Um, that is um, true. Yeah, it's really cool what they've pulled off. Um, I don't know. I, I do think that criticism also comes from the fact that season one had a lot of the characters were fallible. Where um, Did you watch Picard, by yes, the way? Yes, I loved it. I did too. 
So I watched <laughs> Picard with the boyfriend who That's didn't watch The Next Generation. Like, yes, I loved it. <laughs> no, I, I love Picard and I'm so hyped for season two with Q coming back yeah. and also maybe Whoopi if we're lucky. Um, I, I think so. So she said yes. Yeah. But uh, um, so the boyfriend had never watched The Next Generation. So he had a huge problem with Picard because he didn't like that all of the characters who met him were just like, oh, wow, Jean-Luc, we'll do what you say. And he was like, why would they do that? Mm. I was like, well, he's earned it, but you haven't seen the seven seasons of television and the six movies where he's earned it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think there was a little bit of, we're used to Captain Jean-Luc Picard. He's the moral one. He makes the right decision. Whereas we're introduced right. to Michael Burnham and in the two-part pilot of Discovery is just about her fucking up. It's about her making yeah. wrong decisions and people are dying right. because of it and her having to deal with those mistakes and then it's like what well, she's who yeah. we're rooting for and it's like yeah she's flawed we're gonna see her get better hopefully and you know we do but mm -hmm. it's like i think yeah. there was a little bit of that that they were uncomfortable with um interesting the ca uh, captain Lorca in season one is is probably the shadiest ca even though i do he he's introduced as a a good dude who's making the right decisions and he is a good leader you do see he yeah. is he is way shadier than any other captain we've ever seen, especially yeah. after the war with the Klingons starts. And he's like, no, we're just going to kill as many of them as possible because we're in war. And I think I think Trekkies weren't expecting that. They were expecting a yeah. Jean-Luc Picard type character to come in and be the diplomat or a Spock, an older Spock to be noble and always trying to do the right thing. Where it's like, no, sometimes it's right. just about not dying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I mean, I mean, I don't know if this is like going to be too much to say or like, I don't know, you can edit this out if you think it's not right. But it's also kind of like, if you look at it in a certain way, he is the like, like dominant straight male character, you know, yes. and he's the good guy. He's the captain. But then it's like, oh, yeah. wait a minute, actually, there is this really dark undercurrent and he's actually fucking everybody over for his own benefit <laughs> yep. Does, yep does it yep, yep. familiar to something like called real life i don't know but uh, <laughs> like i wonder if there's like a hint of that in there a hundred percent so like, um yeah. um jason isaacs jason isaacs if you're listening if there's ever an opportunity for you to return to discovery please do it just because <laughs> i love you so much and i think that's what yeah, the character is so good is so because good. he's such a good actor and he knows everything he's doing with the character every second of the day <sighs> yeah from the moment he steps on screen he knew where his character so was there going is, and how to trick there us. is a moment <laughs> i love him there is it. a moment in the first season with jason isaacs as captain Lorca, where so his character um is partially blind because of an explosion uh, and he has to put in, um, uh, uh, he always has the lights dim and bright lights can hurt his eyes. And he has eye drops that yeah. he can put in just to deal with the bright light. And there's a moment in season one where they have gotten the jump, they've gotten the drop on like a Klingon fleet. And he's basically ordered all of them to blow up. He's just like, fire the phasers, mm -hmm. fire the torpedoes, blow them up. And there is a shot where as the missiles start firing, he's in his off. No, he's on the deck. He's on the bridge. And he... He's he takes his eye drops, he squirts them into his eyes, and then he walks up to the view screen and watches everything explode. And it's like he put the eye drops Ooh. in just so he could he wouldn't wince at the at all of the death he's witnessing. And it's such an insane moment. And like oh. that, I was like, I am obsessed with this. I love this. So yeah, much. it's brilliant. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> I do want to say really quick. Um, so one cool thing that they're doing is the the crew of the Enterprise, Captain Pike, Rebecca Romaine is number one, and Ethan Peck as Spock. 
they're only in season two of Discovery, but they were such a hit that they're actually getting a miniseries, maybe a show called Star Trek to Boldly Go, which will take place on the Enterprise before Kirk is captain with Captain Pike. Rebecca Romaine is number one and him as Spock. And I think that'll be a lot of fun. That's yeah, they're fun. getting a full show and Picard's getting a season two. Disco's getting a season four. Have you seen The Lower Decks with Dagny's friend, uh, uh, Jack Quaid? Oh, I'm friends with Jack oh. <laughs> He's not, Dagny, just, Dagny met I him am, once at a party. Not, I have met him <laughs> I yeah no through a friend I was at his apartment and we'd like play games and hung out and that was the extent but we follow each other on Instagram and I was like but yeah we're we know who we each other are through a friend (laughs) yeah but now he's famous and I'm sure he's like I know he's busy with the boys (laughs) oh my god I know the boys is so good I love the boys but um I have watched I have watched the lower decks that's very cute it's it really also know uh, Jack Quaid a friend of mine used to date him. And um, we used to do a lot of comedy stuff together. He's very nice. I I didn't know who he was for like years knowing him. (laughs) I, yeah, I went over to. (laughs) But of course now I haven't like seen him or spoken to him in years because. Exactly. He's the lead in two television shows. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And he's in the screen movie. He's just like sucking it uh, everywhere. Yeah. Of course. And he's so. The, The time that I met him, I didn't put it together who we like because we I was just hanging out with my friend she was like oh we're gonna go over to my friend Jack's apartment and hang out there for a little bit and um one of the other guys was like hey did your mom give you that and it was like a like a rustic looking clock a really large clock on his wall and he was like oh yeah yeah my mom gave me that and he's like yeah yeah it has Meg written all over it and then that's when I was like oh this is the Jack Quaid Meg Ryan trial <laughs> that my friend yeah. is friends with I then all came together in that moment I was like yeah. oh that wow. that's the Jack that we're hanging out with yeah God, he's really funny actually he, we used to do a lot of comedy stuff yeah he's, he's funny he's cool. really nice um, um I, yes I did watch yeah. the Lower Decks and it's cute I like the Lower Decks the Lower Decks it's almost like if Rick and Morty did Star Trek I love how irreverent it is I love the jokes about Star Trek tropes mm-hmm. um I love yes. that Captain Riker shows up in the season one finale and we get Riker and Troy again which is great um but yeah. I have realized that we have now talked about Star Trek Discovery for like 40 minutes and mm-hmm. we have not mm-hmm. once talked about the the acting icon that is Doug Jones. I know who you're going to say. Yeah, Doug Jones. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, we haven't talked about him. So, I, yeah, oh, go ahead. The reason yeah. I'm kind of steering away from it is because I know that you are we're only on season one. So I, I was like, I don't want to talk about too many people now. Because no, I'm talk about everything. Some- no, you can't. You can't. Like, He's I, so good. Yeah, go for it. Doug Jones is so good. I, I love Doug Jones. So, yeah. so everyone listening at home, Doug Jones has made his mark in Hollywood doing like monster characters. He is... Pan and Pan's Labyrinth. He is the sexy fish man in The Shape of Water. He is the blue guy in Hellboy. And he pl- uh, his character in Star Trek, Discovery, is a fully prosthetic alien that has a, um, a very unique walk that he developed in these yeah. weird shoes. So the, cool. the whole thing is yeah. so fully realized, you completely forget it's a man in makeup. Like, he's so good. Um, but also yeah. Doug Jones yeah. has has had so many roles where he's just uh, a monster in a costume without lines that it's so nice that he gets to mm-hmm. be uh, uh, the second billing on a TV show, a fully realized, a fully character. realized character with dialogue yeah. and stakes. And he's so fucking good. He plays Commander Sulu. Yeah. Sorry, Sulu is uh, 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 George Takei. 
That's he plays uh, Commander yeah. Saru. Saru. Yeah. Saru. Saru. Um, <laughs> um, and, and that's a, a genuinely, uh, we were watching season three, me and the boyfriend, and I just at one point I was like, Doug Jones is a genius. I was like, you can't, you can't see mm-hmm. any of his faith other than his lower jaw and like his eyes, and his eyes are ridiculously contact, and you, you completely buy every second that he's on camera that he is this yeah, alien. So. He's oh. so good. I love his rock. I love his character. The, uh, mm-hmm. I love the, like his whole species, actually. Yes. The whole story about yeah, all of it is the great. the whole story behind yeah. him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I've watched more of season two than I realized. You saw his whole I, arc in season two I, about the realization of yeah, it. Yeah, I saw that whole story. Yeah, yeah I saw really all good. of that. So I think I I think I watched almost all of season two. You need to finish two, it, because even though <laughs> season two has it. some weak points, in my opinion, the finale is fucking great, and what they do with the rest of it is so it's good. Really and then Because and then, they did, I remember they had to do all the, the science-y stuff um, with the, what are what was the, like... The spore? Uh, the spore drive? You know, what they, yes. Uh, the yeah, the spore yeah. drive. I saw Black that. Alert. Um, I don't know if that was the beginning of season two, or mm-hmm. end, or all of, <laughs> <laughs> but... I got I don't know, a either. good chunk of that. I don't watch it all so. because to me it's just like yeah, one no, long really thing, you know. So <laughs> I have this is no differentiation. This is going to be a little gay, um, but basically because they jumped 930 years in the future, there is a new version of the Federation that exists in this new timeline, and they have new uniforms. And so in season four, the oh. whole crew is going to get new uniforms, and they're so fucking sexy, you guys. Like. <laughs> um, just watch the season four trailer because uh for one thing they, they're gonna let michael burnham keep her braids which i'm obsessed with and yeah. and oh, um is this i might you know what it's my podcast so i'll say it and if i want to cut it so we've had a different captain for all three seasons and the captain for season four mm-hmm. is going to be michael burnham herself and there's a couple shots yes. of her in the trailer wearing this red captain's uniform with her braids coming down her back and the thing on her lapel and it's so fucking cool i cannot wait. <laughs> i know <laughs> uh, i love it but i do i I'm, I'm glad you talked about the pushback for it because i think i think there's a, yeah. a generation of white trekkies and um, you, here we go mm. who but also trekkies who like like star trek because they like the chris pine franchise and haven't also, watched any of the other far, i love which those movies are great yeah, and also if if yeah, you saw the like, first chris pine star trek and loved it and then saw the benedict cumberbatch star trek and were like okay well maybe they they lost the magic they get it back in the third one star trek beyond is the best of the chris pine star <laughs> treks and you guys should check it out if you haven't it's really fucking good um I love um, movies, yeah. Yeah, the third one, it, they basically were just like, what if in the 60s they had the budget for a two-hour-long episode with full special effects, and that's what they do. And so it's like, yeah. that's what the stakes are. It's literally just like an episode of Star Trek with Chris Pine and, the, and Zachary Quinto, and it's great. But uh, I do think, I think yeah. there's this like generation of white Trekkies who grew up with Picard and saw Kirk as something that happened in the past and didn't see the social activism of it. And so when they see this Star Trek being very queer and very black and very female, they are pushing back against it because they're like, why can't sci-fi not be political as if Star Trek isn't always only political? Not my Star Trek. Yeah. I mean, I have like, uh, I don't know if it's a theory or what, but I I talk about this when uh, with comedy, Mm. meaning, you know, like, because comedy is while widely more accepting today of different voices, it is still like, you know, kind of a, a, a boys club, right? Is it? Um, <laughs> and oh, no. specifically there was like this big, there's even a documentary about this. Um, like, there's this whole thing for a long time of men being like, 
women just aren't funny. Women can't be funny. Women are not funny. Women cannot be funny. Um, and it was a big thing. And like major comedians would say this stuff. I mean, like, like top, very famous people, like, you know, are saying yeah. this. This isn't just like the douchebags standing outside the comedy store, you know? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And uh, that always bugged me because for me growing up, always my, the only comedians I liked were female comedians. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, I, I I feel that and, I feel that <laughs> that yeah, female comedians or Eddie Izzard personally, but I think that's obvious. Yeah, and for me, it's yeah. like every comedian I liked was a woman, every single one. Um, yeah. And here's my thoughts on it, and it might this might be the same as for sci-fi people, right? Uh, our entire lives, if you are any, if you are part of any other community right like if you are a queer person a person of color a woman um which is weird to say other because it's more than half the people but (laughs) we've always been you know the only media we are given to consume is from the perspective of you you know the straight man right always yeah so it's all we see robin hood 007 uh you name it and so Mm -hmm. we have to just find ourselves in it find what we relate to and whatnot. But for people who are straight men, they never had to, they never have to look outside. So when something's presented to to them from another perspective, they're like, this isn't good. I can't see myself in this because they've never had to sit back and be like, well, let me see. Like, why is in a comedy perspective, why is this funny for her? Even though like, I don't have a period. Why is this period joke funny? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Um, For example, or in sci-fi, they're kind of like, well, I'm not seeing myself in the show, so it's not good. Whereas it's kind of like, well, take a minute to kind of like see if you can see it from these other people's perspective and enjoy the story that way. You know, it's so much more fun if you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like they have, they have their oceans, 10, 11, 12, (laughs) sit and watch oceans eight and enjoy it because it's, it's it's just an oceans (laughs) movie. And it's so good. It's just an oceans movie with women and the Met Gala and jewels. Like it's, well and that's it. like anyway, so it's because i made my boyfriend watch oceans eight yeah because he he like fell into the the cesspool of men that were like it's shit it's, it's the worst not, ocean like movie the and i was like no just watch it's it great, yeah and it's just an ocean it's a heist movie, film baby but it's just women it's, women it's a it. heist film and it just happens to be women and sorry you don't see yourself on screen, but I do, and I enjoy it thoroughly. Right? And I, yeah, and, and he loved. He enjoyed it once he watched it, but it, it's course. like they don't even give it a chance. And you know, of course, this isn't everybody. I and mean, you know, whenever you're talking about straight men, you also mm-hmm. be like, "But not you, listener. Like you're cool. <laughs> yeah. I know you're cool, man. Um, but I'm just saying, like at large, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. And it's it, it is interesting to me because I have a friend who is. Um, you know, he considers himself like a film buff. Like he went to school for filmmaking and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, every, all of his reference points, it's like all Tarantino, Scorsese, and like all of these obscure, yes. you never heard of this guy, but he made this movie that was so, oh, it was so bad. Because <laughs> it was so bad, that's what makes it good. And then you're just like, okay, whatever. Um, it's called Showgirls. <laughs> no, actually it's not. And I'll tell you why the point I'm getting at is, yeah, we were talking about something, and I said something about Thelma and Louise, and he's like, "Oh, I've never seen that." And I was like, "Oh," and then somebody, you know, we were hanging out in a group of friends, and somebody said, like, made a Romy and Michelle reference, and he's like, "Oh, I've never seen that." And then somebody said something about the craft, and he, and so I started like listing all of these female-led movies: Color Purple, never seen it; uh, 
Bridesmaids, never seen it. And I was like, huh, interesting. Oh my God. And then um, I was like, Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood, you know? And he's like, actually, <laughs> actually, there's a really funny story about that movie. So I was hanging out with my girlfriend and she said it was her favorite movie. So she was like, hey, can we watch, can we watch Yaya Sisterhood? It's my favorite movie. And I was like, I don't think so. And then she was like, come on, come on, come on. And my point here is just in his reaction to like, I don't think I want to watch that. To being like, what the fuck? Like your girlfriend, this woman who is allowing you to have sex with her <laughs> says, I love this thing. I love this thing. You know, I watched The Departed with you. I watched Point Break with you. Can we watch that movie? And your response is, I don't think so. Like, there is something wrong. Yes. That girl needs yeah, out. Oh, yeah, well, I hope I, that they're I not dating anymore. Now, but, good. Um, that's what, okay, that's good. what good we had. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I'm yeah. just saying, and like, Sorry. he is a good guy. And like, he's, you know, he has a lot of really great qualities, but it's just, it's not even his fault, right? Like, it's society. It's just like, come on, like, watch yeah, things that aren't give it a shot. about you, dude. So you know? when I was when I was in high school and I was like falling in love with film in the way that that turned me into this person, I loved Tarantino, uh-huh. <laughs> and and I still do. I still genuinely love Tarantino. But I was in Seattle visiting my boyfriend when he was living there, and we were going to see Guardians of the Galaxy, and it was when the Hateful Eight was out, and the Hateful mm-hmm. Eight was doing their roadshow mm-hmm. version where it was like three hours long. There was like an introduction. You had like a playbill and it was, you know, cool or whatever. And I remember watching the people in line to go to this special roadshow version of Quentin Tarantino's The Hateful Eight. And it was all men in their early twenties wearing the same pair of pants and the same pair of like dress shoes. And I, I just had an awakening where I was like, Oh, I'm not that straight. Like, I was just like, Oh my God, what is it's, it it was a nice moment because um, um, I realized in hindsight, I fell in love with Tarantino because of Kill Bill which is a female-led, it's mm-hmm. literally his only female-led, female-led film. Um, <laughs> and Kill Bill is a masterpiece and they're flawless and I will fight. And like, Kill Bill's fucking great. Yeah. Um, so um, but I, I also, I like, like, yeah, it's that thing of like, oh, I, we, we had an episode a while back with um, the wonderful Bronba Boland, Brie Boland, who talked about <laughs> um, The Sweetest Thing. The Sweetest and, Thing. Which is a movie I've never seen with, uh, what's her name? Fiona from Shrek. Isn't that terrible? That's where my brain goes. Yes. No. Nope. Dunst. <laughs> Cameron Diaz. There we go. Oh, yes. Sorry. Oh, my God. They, yes, Cameron Diaz. And we, we, we talked a lot in that episode about how, like, chick flicks don't exist. It's just a, a, a term to put down movies that are led by women. And it's, it's, it's absolutely yeah. that. It's like, it's like, no, you're just missing so much. And it's, it's the fact that, like, Star Trek is doing what Star Trek has always done, which is being as progressive mm-hmm. as possible. I mean... The pilot of Picard was the first ever Star Trek pilot to be directed by a woman, and it was directed by a black woman, and that was like a like a thing. It's like, of, of course, Holy this cow. is yeah, right? Can you imagine like Deep Space Nine voyage that no. long ago? Or it's it's I mean, taken not that not long? any episode, just a pilot. Not, it, but still, yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, still, like, okay, yeah, I was like, yes. what? Um, and it's yeah, it's that thing. It's like, well, no, queer people exist. Of course, okay. they're gonna exist in Star Trek, which is why it's great now going into Star Trek Discovery yeah. season five. We have five queer people in the cast. Like, yeah, calm yeah. your shit, That's baby. Awesome. Um, it's wild, but uh, um, yeah. I'm glad. Excuse me, I'm glad disco exists, and I'm glad it it's is. as good as it is. And if you're listening and you've never watched a Star Trek, get on Paramount Plus and watch Star Trek Discovery because it's a it's a phenomenal show. And they've really done a great job yeah, with it. Great. And the uh, the actress who play I have yeah. two quick stories. The actress who plays the main Klingon <laughs> villain in season one and season two, 
she came into the old mm-hmm. my old job back before the pandemic and I got to talk I, I, I typed her name into the computer and it popped up and I was like oh my god are you on Star Trek and she went yes no one ever recognizes me and she was so lovely um, <laughs> she's the oh my god I can't believe I don't know these actresses names but she's the daughter of, a, of an actress who's been in everything but whatever but my favorite my favorite thing that's ever happened to me Star Trek wise <laughs> is I was working at Nespresso shout out and these two old <laughs> lesbians came in. <laughs> That's the best way to describe them. I mean, gray hair <laughs> in their 70s, incredibly in love still, lesbians. Oh, and I get their information at the counter and I'm going to sell them some coffee. And the, uh, and the wife says to the other one, I don't, remember, I don't remember how it started. There was like a Star Trek joke. And she said, yes, that's right the only female captain of the USS Enterprise. And it was clearly like a joke with each other. And I went, hold on, excuse me. And um, there is a very (laughs) famous episode of Star Trek The Next Generation called Yesterday's Enterprise that if you've never seen an episode of Star Trek, watch only this episode. It's maybe the best thing they've ever done. And the plot of the episode is the Enterprise finds a wormhole and a ship comes through the wormhole. And it is an older version of the Enterprise. But when this ship comes through, it changes the timeline because everything's different. And Mm. this is an Enterprise from like 50 years before Picard. And it has a female captain, Captain Catherine Garrett, I believe. And the actress who played the female Mm. captain was one of these women who came into Nespresso. And I was like, I was was like, oh my God, you're in that. And I said, you're in yesterday's Enterprise. And she was clearly surprised that I knew the name of the episode. And I, and I said, I said, do you know that when people make a list of the top five greatest Star Trek episodes ever made, this episode is always on the list? And she said, no, I didn't. And I said, no, this like changed sci-fi. Oh. This is like the episode people reference. And we had a very long conversation about Star Trek. They were very lovely. They were oh. regulars. They would always come and say hi to me every time they came in. And then um, there was like a, a nerd thing where it was like, so basically she was the captain of the Enterprise C. Kirk was Enterprise A, Picard was Enterprise E or D, blah, blah, blah. She was captain of the Enterprise C, which was only seen in this episode. So they never made a toy of it. And then there was an announcement one time that was like, ooh, the Enterprise C is getting its first ever model. You can like buy the Enterprise C and I saved it in my phone. And the next time they came in, I said, did you know your ship is getting a toy? And she said, what? And I pulled it up and I showed it to her. And I know she went home and bought it. Like she bought her ship. She got her. Aww. So shout out to Captain Catherine Garrett of USS Enterprise. Oh, lovely. I love that story. Um, Your capacity for remembering these s- kinds of facts, like, wow. <laughs> it's wild. But <laughs> Billy, I am. I am going to cut yes. you off because I would like to hear Joseph as the final thoughts on Star Trek Discovery, because I know it can go forever and never. But for final thoughts, Joseph, tell us anything else you would love to say about Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, I don't know. Billy, keep your mouth shut. I don't know if my final thoughts are going to be much different from my beginning thoughts, uh, other than Mm -hmm. to say the show is hilarious, the writing is great, the cast is wonderful, um, and um, Spock's butt is... Perfect. We're going to get more of it. It's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. They better put him back in that spacesuit they had him in, I'm telling you. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, you heard it here, folks. If you, from three people, we all passionately got very excited to talk about Star Trek Discovery. And I've had, I've talked about the show to people and they've literally never heard of it, right? which blows my mind. And it's just, even if you, like, I watched 
not as much as Star Trek as Billy has because he's put time and energy into finding it and mm. watching it successfully. <laughs> but um, I didn't have a ton of Star Trek knowledge going in. I just watched it and it's great. And I was captivated and I'm going to probably go watch an episode Good. tonight before I go Good. to sleep. <laughs> you know, I because, didn't know about yeah. it. I, li- I think I was either listening to a podcast or I was watching some interview or something with Wilson Cruz was talking about it. And he was yeah. talking about the show and like the queer representation and all this stuff in it. And I was like, I don't even, I didn't even realize that mm-hmm. it was happening. So that's what mm-hmm. made me be like, let me go look this up and see if I can watch yeah. it. Cause I don't have cable or anything, but it yeah. was on Amazon prime. And I guess now Paramount. Yeah. So it airs, it airs on Paramount yeah. live. And then after like a few months or a year or whatever, it goes on Amazon. So you can watch it for, if you, you can watch it for free, but if you want to watch season four, you need to get Paramount plus everyone. Oh, so you can watch it for free. Yeah, Nobody has it. any excuses. And I know, we, I know we talked about her briefly, but um, Sonika Martin-Green, the lead of the show, is so fucking good. I will watch her in everything for the rest of her career. I will. She's and she's going to be she's playing Space Jam LeBron's too. wife she's in so Space like, Jam 2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? I watched yeah. the trailer and I was like... She's very funny. She's in New Girl. She's in like a... She has a reoccurring character in New Girl. She was also, hilarious. I think... Oh, cool. She's so she's The thing so that launched her talented. into Star Trek was she did a... She was in The Walking Dead. If anyone watched... I don't know her character because I don't watch The Walking Dead. Yeah. But that's what launched her into yeah. Star Trek. I, I knew her from Walking gotcha. Dead. I knew her... Nice. Uh, the actress from that show. So I was like, oh, I think Sasha was her character's gotcha. name. Um, I do love so so uh, uh, Joseph our longest episode has been our Star Wars episode and now to compete with that is going to be our Star Trek episode which is hilarious before we move on yes and I know literally I know we've done for so long but I said I would ask you a question about Lord of the Rings and the only reason I wanted to ask you this was because I read an article three three days ago about how queer Lord of the Rings is I know how queer Lord of the Rings is in the text which is something I've argued before Um, Frodo and Sam are in love uh, uh, and the the and so are Gimli and um, Legolas, and that's not in the movies, even though it is in the movies. But it's very explicit in the in the books. But um, any just what about Mary? Mary and Pippin are 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 gay Mary in the movies. Pippin. They're actually not quite as gay in the books as I expected. But they're very yeah. Oh, okay. but there's a, a lovely okay. article I read. Maybe I'll post it. That's all about um, uh, Tolkien's queerness in his lifetime which was mostly just like maybe he was a little bit bisexual but he was friends with a shit ton of queer people and you can tell that that oh, influenced nice. his writing um, um all the times they talked about sam and frodo or sam wanting to kiss frodo all the time about them holding hands it's all in the text they're 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 gay as hell Aww. and the gayest thing because i haven't finished the return of the king um i'm still reading the books but the gayest thing that i remember is when frodo gets to rivendell in the book because Bilbo is gay. Bilbo is gay. And even Tolkien has talked about like, yeah, I wrote a story about Bilbo having a wife or maybe trying to get a wife and it was bad. So I got rid of it. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like Tolkien in his lifetime was like, no. <laughs> um, oh, and he also talked about in the Silmarillion about transgender people as gods, but that's a whole nother topic. Um, but when he gets to Rivendale, Bilbo talks about how much weight Frodo has lost and about how firm his ass is. And then he smacks Frodo's ass and tells him he's got a good butt. So like gay as hell. That's in the books. That is in the books. <laughs> um, okay. um, I love that. That's canon. Um, Billy, but you said I think you you said you had a well, question. Just, yeah, about just Lord very briefly. Is it just because it's it's nerdy <laughs> as hell and you love it? Yeah. I didn't know all that gay stuff. I just I just love fantasy. <laughs> That's correct. That's yeah. what. So I'm a, I'm a big yeah. sci-fi nerd, I, but Joseph, the boyfriend's a I fantasy like nerd, and so we kind of like butt oh, yeah. heads on that. But I love it. No, I, I love them both. I've, yeah, I feel like Joseph, you and I are very similar in the sense of like 
for Star Wars movies, any any movies that are outside of our reality, mm-hmm. I go and TV shows. I go into it to have a good time. I have yeah. no expectations. Same. I'm like this. This is kind of made for children. Yeah. As, like for Star Wars, oh. for instance, yeah. I was like, it's just space and it's fun and actiony. And why and are we reading into it in so much? Yeah. And that's why. And there's, I was like, this, you can't take this that seriously. Just go in and have a good time. And exactly. whenever you do that, you have a good time. And spoiler alert, everybody, <laughs> it's fun. It is fun. And speaking of things that are made for, ch- for children in space, I don't know if you guys have watched She-Ra on Netflix, the cartoon. Uh, it's so I fun. have not. My roommate has. And it, it's literally I've for kids and watched the entire series in like three weeks. <laughs> I know a lot of people like above 25 approach the whole series <laughs> it's really great. and it's just good yeah, yeah. Anyway. um great well yeah star trek do disco it. do it everybody check it out it. um it out, but billy do you wanna we can quickly this will be like the quickest what a you know what this ever. episode has been so it? compelling i know you're still listening so at the end of the show we <laughs> like to play a game called what a pitch and that is where we ask our guests to give us a concept and we have 30 seconds to pitch them our pitch um Dagny, do you have any clue who goes first? I think sure. I I'll do. take it. So, I, Joseph, if I you're ready, I'm gonna I'm going to take off my headphones, and you can tell Dagny okay. a thing, and then she'll have 30 seconds to pitch you, and okay. I'll come back. Here we go. So, I don't know if this is going to be the most original thing. So, I, I if I understand the game right, I just say I need you to pitch this movie to me, right? Yep, go for okay. it. I'll do my best. <laughs> so I want you to pitch a uh, horror movie to me, um, okay, starring the Muppets with one person as a, a real life actor in it and what's the horror movie about like what's the twist why is okay. it scary um hmm. give me one second let me think <laughs> my brain went to jamie lee curtis is the one <laughs> human um and uh it's gonna be i'm gonna i'm gonna say like a scream movie but the muppets are all of her i'm gonna say they're her friends so it's like got the wholesome content of a muppet movie but it's actually horror and they're dealing in a comical way with like this guy trying to stab them and they're like singing <laughs> like Muppets um, and he's like what is happening and he backs away and um, yeah that's how they fight him off is he's like this is so kooky I don't want to be involved and yeah so it's a Muppets movie but it's uh, yeah horror <laughs> okay okay which is what you asked but it, Jamie Lee Curtis is the lead and right. uh yeah, because she is in the. I'm. I don't watch a lot of horror movies. She's in Scream, right? Am I? No, she's in Halloween. Halloween. Okay, yeah. I was. I was like, that's why I thought of her because of horror movies, but I couldn't remember which franchise she was in. Yeah. But yeah, the mask, stabby stab. But Jamie Lee Curtis is a great choice. Can I? Can I add one more question? One more bit to it. Who yeah. is the killer? Who's the killer? Uh, Miss Piggy. I feel oh. like because she's like not getting to be the star of the show. Oh. <laughs> Because okay. they hire Jamie Lee Curtis, and so she doesn't get to be the star, and then it turns out she's the murderer. Okay, okay, great. I love it. Yeah. Great. Now it. I have okay, to hear Billy's turn, back. right? I'm back. Yeah, he'll Hold have on. fun with Wait, it, I'm okay. sure. Now I can. Hi. So, Hi. real quick. Okay, while so you, have- yes, but while you were talking, I realized we never said Michelle Yeoh's name. Uh, 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 Michelle Yeoh is the actress yeah. um, who was the original captain on Star Trek Discovery, and she's so good. She's in all three seasons. Yes. So she's great. She's okay. great. Okay. Admittedly, I am like the worst with anybody's names. I'm like, you know, the, the one. She's the one. She does the thing. She's going to be in Shang-Chi and the Legend <laughs> yeah. of the Ten Rings, the next Marvel Ooh, films. That's exciting. That's it. Okay. Um, okay. Yes. So ready, Billy? The same thing. Okay. So the yeah. pitch I want is um, a horror movie starring the Muppets 
but one person is the as a real actor. And I, I want to know, like, like yeah, pitch the horror movie to me, and I want to know who the killer is, too. <laughs> okay. I watch a lot of true crime, and I feel like I feel like maybe if we go true crime, it might be really dark. I watched one the other day, a story, and this is a true story, of, um, of a man who murdered his date and then cut up her body to, like, hide it. And then in a panic, in a panic, he oh called his God. parents, and his parents helped him cover up the body for, like, a week. Then they went to the cops. And I think something like that, would be very compelling. The murderer is the only human person. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is a Muppet, including his parents. Um, uh, uh, he violently mm-hmm. murders this Muppet, rips her body parts apart, his legs, and there's stuffing everywhere. And his Muppet parents help him cover up the crime. I think it could be very, very, very dark. Uh, and the actor is Timothy Chalamet. Oh. <laughs> I was picturing Jason because he's in the it's also funny. Oh, yeah, I sat next to him at a restaurant once <laughs> and he Chalamet. was, uh, he might eye contact with me. That's the end of that story. So I like bits about each one. <clears throat> what I like about what I liked about Billy's was that it's an actual dark, like horror movie, scary. Yeah, um, that's not spooky. What I liked uh, uh, about Dagny's is that it's like um, it's kind of like more Muppety and fun. <laughs> I mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna I, I'm honestly gonna go with uh, Dagny's. Oh, boom! Oh, congratulations, Billy. Like, I brought in Jamie Lee Curtis, and no, I think a, that really she always wins. <laughs> and and the killer was Miss Piggy. I gotta see it. And yeah, oh, the killer I'm was sorry. Miss Piggy. I would I would have loved to have won, but I'd give Dagny a vote uh, just on that. Okay. Uh, I like I like your approach too, Billy. I like it too, but uh we're getting um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you We're getting you Hall- we're getting Halloween Kills it. this October, the second of the the final Halloween trilogy mm. with Jamie Lee Curtis and um Kyle Richards in the original Halloween, she plays the little girl who all, who like is out in the movie in the original Halloween yeah. and she's going to reprise that character in the new Halloween and it's cool because in between that and now she's being a real housewife of Beverly Hills. Oh, I'm very excited. Yeah, that's what I was going to Well, okay. congratulations uh, Dagny. Um yeah. um Joseph before we go, I know you Thank have you a comedy too. album called Soliciting Dick Pics that I think everyone should check out yeah. because you're so fucking funny, but is there anything I mean other than that that you well, would like to plug? Yeah, I mean check out Soliciting Dick Pics. Uh, it's like streaming anywhere, mm-hmm. um, or you could buy it if you want, which please do. Um, and then, I mean, you know, I just got my TikTok going on. Yeah. Follow me on TikTok. I'm about Ooh. to film a thing for Laugh After Dark, which was an Amazon Prime show. So I'm actually filming that this weekend. So keep an eye out for Laugh After Dark season three. Oh, cool! Should be coming Ooh, cool! Out Hell yeah! Very yeah. exciting. Um, awesome. And Dagny, I think we, I yeah. think we should say um, if you're listening, we, yeah, we have yeah. Optimus Live coming up on July 18th, which depending on when this comes out, might it's going to be in a few days. days. Also, might be in a yeah. week and a few days. In a few days, okay, in a few days. Yeah. So okay. July 18th, it's it's going to be great. all online. So if you are listening in Texas, if you're listening in New York, if you're listening in India, which we have a lot of listeners in India, hello. Um, you do not have to. You can you can stream it uh, as we're doing it. I think you can tune in later. It's going to be on the website Bright, um, which is a platform that's partnered Bright Live Bright that's Live, partnered with right? Zoom. You'll be able to ask us questions during the show. I think we can announce now our our guest is going to be Nick Jimenez, who's a very funny podcaster, a good friend of mine, and he's the reason the show exists. Genuinely, when the lockdown happened, he was like, "Billy, remember when you told me that yeah. idea for a podcast? You should like actually do it." It's all thanks to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so July 18th tickets are five whole dollars so do that $5. come and say hi 
Yes. So um, to keep up with that, follow up our, on our Instagram, which is just the handle is just Poptimus Pod or Poptimus Podcast. One, of, you'll find it. Type in Poptimus. What do you? It'll what is that? What do you look? Instagram. Yeah, I think it's Poptimus. You Podcast. made the account. Poptimist. <laughs> is it just Poptimus? Anyway, it's very easy to find. <laughs> There's only one. Um, or you can email us if you have questions or want to give us your hot takes at poptimuspod at gmail.com. Uh, other than that, thank you so much for joining us, Joseph. You are such a lovely guest. Thank you for having um, me. And you let fun. Billy ramble yeah. about his nerd brain for an I hour. greatly appreciate um, it. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as it was Star Trek, I was like, this is going to be long. Love that we picked this on a Tuesday night at 9 p.m. to do. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad. No, it was great. I had a fantastic time. I know Billy had a fantastic time. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and... Yes, this has been Poptimist. Like I said, email us, follow us, like, subscribe, comment, all of the things on the episode if you like this one and listen to others. But other than that, everybody say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.